I'm Kara Infante, and this is Bookish Flights. In each episode, I chat with one bookish guest as we take some time to sample and savor the pairing recommendations from their bookish flight. We hope to give you suggestions to cultivate your TBR list and nurture your leisure time through books. In today's episode, I'm continuing my conversation with Jackie Lentz. If you missed episode 19 from last week, you can go back and tune into that one to see where our conversation ended and to see where this episode begins. Hope you enjoy the rest of the show today. Question for you. Are you... Which is more important to you in a book, the characters and how you connect with them or the plot line? And I'm not saying they're not both important, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I've been trying to, in my mind, with so little time to read, right? I try to really hit the mark with the books I am picking up Um that I know work for me. And so I think about this a lot of, well, why did I like that book? And what did I like about that? Or what didn't? work for me in that book. And I have come to the conclusion that I think I really have to like the characters. If there's a character that's really, really puts me off and I feel like I'm not rooting for along the way or wanting to see that progression, maybe um, I just read East of Eden, actually, by John Steinbeck. And there, have you read that? I have not. Okay. And there it's the, he wrote it for his sons and to teach them about good and evil in the world. And there is a character in there that is like the evil one. And she was so, she so put me off in this book. I still was able to progress through it because there's enough characters to keep the story going. But if it were to so, solely focus on that one character, I would have struggled with that book. You know, and again, if you're not seeing any growth of the character, but I do think it's character driven for me. I mean, it has to have some plot. Like, I don't, you know, it has to have some happenings within it, but I really think being drawn to the characters is what, for me, would be the books that I would gravitate towards. That's me too. I think it's first and foremost about the characters. If And sometimes the place can be a character as well. Yeah. Like, we don't, it doesn't, it's not always, but sometimes place does become its own character. And you can fall in love with that character. But yeah, if I'm not, if there's not characters I'm connecting with and because that's the thing is, if you don't find some way to connect with this person, you're not interested in answering the questions. You know, books are constantly like, okay, you've read this piece and now it creates a question in your mind and you want to know the answer to that question. So you keep reading. And if you just don't care about that person, you're not coming up with questions. You you don't care what happens to them. So yeah. it doesn't matter how the story progresses. So I'm I'm the same way. It's it's really characters come first, which makes sense in both of my writings. It uh, both started with characters first yeah. and foremost. Like, yeah, it's interesting to hear you say that, right? And did you have an idea of what the plot was going to happen or you more just went, it sounded like really character development was where you started. I don't know with Bob. First I had Bob kind of who he was and what his problem was and like his, his flaws mm-hmm. but, and, and his, some, some of his good things too, like who he was as a person. And then Ruth, again, same thing. Like what were her character flaws and, and some of her good things. And then 
I came up with the hook, the plot. Yeah. Of like, okay, I have these really quirky characters. That's nice. They're interesting, but that they have to do something that I'm like, oh, oh my gosh. Oh, that would be funny. That would be really funny. And like Ruth going off on these travel adventures. <laughs> She's so not prepared. <laughs> they have a lot of mistakes. Yeah. And um and and my character Daphne. Oh, oh that beautiful girl. She came to me so wonderfully flawed. But all these positive things, it's just you're like, oh, she's so sweet, but oh goodness. <laughs> you need to grow up, honey. Like you said, being for you books working for you when they're they're character driven, you're writing the same way, it sounds like. And that's so cool. Yes. Like the books that I've picked are very similar to kind of a sim they're all about transformation. Yeah. They're all about people making new connections and communities and living better lives and growing. And that is exactly what I like to write because it's what I like to read. So I yeah. guess it makes sense that you should write what you like. Yeah. And as you, as I was saying, I love those books where I can be, I'm rooting for the character along the way. Absolutely. So that was The Blue Castle by L.M. Montgomery. And then what's our last book of the pairing today? Our last book is A Cozy Mystery, which is my favorite genre, but I don't write it. <laughs> um, and it is called Aunt Dimity's Death. And it is by Nancy Atherton. And this beauty is another tiny book, like yeah. compared to like some of the behemoths out there. It's 244 pages. There Again, packing so much into a little book. Like I'm like, you don't need a huge book to achieve a good amount. And this baby was written in 1992. And I know some of your listeners are like, oh, my God. I wasn't even born then. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. Don't let that be a hang up. Yeah. Because as we just discussed, people are people. And it doesn't matter if the book was written in the 20s, in the 2000s, in the 1990s. People are people. It's just the technology that changes. Yes, this will freak you out. There's no cell phones in this book. <laughs> And so for some of you, like, oh, my, come and learn what life was like before cell phones mm -hmm. of how that that functioned in, in recent time. And this book, oh, my God, there's so many characters to fall in love with. I reread this because this is the one that I hadn't read in the longest amount of time. Okay. From the other ones. And I'm like, okay, I need to, to look at it again. And I just forgot, like, how how wonderful all the characters, how much they're in it. Like there's the protagonist, Lori, but these other characters, you're just going to fall in love with them all. You can't help yourself. So we've got, as I said, Lori, there's Aunt Dimity, which as you can tell from the book, she's dead, but she is a character in this book. And <laughs> you're going to love her. She's amazing. And then there is William and Bill Willis, and they are from a attorney agency kind of thing that works with 
had worked with Dimity and worked with Lori. Okay. And I think quite possibly who steals every scene he's in is Reginald. And I am, I'm showing the cover. The rest of you can't see. (sighs) There is at a table sitting a pink fluffy stuffed rabbit. Yes. (laughs) And he is so cute. And he is an important feature to the book that Aunt Dimity made that's funny for Lori. And his name is Reginald. Okay. (laughs) And Reginald features frequently in the novel. I will read the back for you. Okay. Lori Shepard thought Aunt Dimity was just a character in a bedtime story until the Dickensian law firm of Willis and Willis summons her to a reading of the woman's will. Down on her luck, Lori learns she's about to inherit a sizable estate. If she can discover the secret hidden in a treasure trove of letters in Dimity's English country cottage. What begins as a fairy tale becomes a mystery and a ghost story in an improbable cozy setting as Aunt Dimity's indomitable spirit leads Lori on an otherworldly quest to discover how, in this life, true love can conquer all. Oh, just from that, I'm like, I would pick that book up in a heartbeat. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so adorable! And yes, so, as as it hints at, Aunt Dimity comes back from beyond the veil. Um... But and that happens like kind of midway later in the book. Okay. For the first half of the book, you're just getting a sense of who Dimity was as a person. And she's fabulous. And then so her passing introduces Lori to William and Bill Willis, who are overseeing her interaction with the estate of Dimity. And she has to fulfill this task in order to, you know, get her money and and that sort of thing. And so she makes very deep connections with the two gentlemen. Okay. And Lori's mom has passed away. So she can't ask her mom any of these questions. So here is the passage from the book for to get a sense of Lori. Okay. Exhaustion is a great analgesic. It numbs emotion, silences thought, and I crave the release. The months passed in a blur. I stopped seeing my friends, stopped writing letters, stopped chatting with my roommates and coworkers. By the time April rolled around, again, the only person I talked to was Meg Thompson. But that was because she kept in touch with me, not the other way around. And not even Meg could get me to open up about my mother's death. Did I mention a downward spiral? This is the point where I was about ready to auger in. That's when I got the letter saying that Aunt Dimity was dead. So, the book... It it starts with... she's, She's just turning 30. And her life is kind of at the bottom of the barrel. Like Veronica, she has this independent streak. And you see that in the fact that she has withdrawn from her friends and everyone. She's in pain. She has 
troped off to the cave to lick her wounds and she's not engaging with anyone. Yeah. So, you know, and, and you get that sense very clearly of how much pain she is so much. So she's numbing herself. She can't face the pain and, you know, other people could use alcohol or food, whatever for her. She's just, she's working working, working at these crappy jobs and running herself ragged yeah. so she can just not think about it. And she is definitely not mindful. She is not enjoying <laughs> life. Yeah. Um, she is trying to get through each day and be the opposite of mindfulness. She wants to remember and engage as little as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that nature of her is to isolate and that also shows her her independence which like veronica you know they both have an independent streak but you kind of get that sense where veronica was willing to ask for help and reach out when she needed it Lori is definitely all pride she's hurting she won't reach out to anyone this is her private pain yeah. And she can't let anybody in. And she's been this way for months. And and that's where we find her. And similar to Valency, you know, Valency was 29. She's 30. And granted, you know, you have like 60 years between them. Lori is, she's she's been divorced. So she's single again. She's facing 30s alone and you know like she's past her prime and so there's that same kind of of feeling that her best years of her life have gone away but all the women in the book they have to grow they've got to open their hearts they got to take some risks in order to live a better life and Lori is no different than the rest of them. Yeah. And so she gets to know the men. And so William is the father. Bill is the son. Bill is, is quite taken with her. And oh my gosh, she does not react well to it. <laughs> it's so funny. Again, that independence, that pride. Yeah. You know, she just, she just doesn't trust people though. She starts to trust William. Because he's a kind older gentleman and she she allows herself to trust him and follow with him. And then there's Aunt Dimity and she starts learning about her. And she's always loved Aunt Dimity. You know, she listened to her stories. Yeah. And now she's getting to know the real person and she kind of already loves her. And the more she finds out that Aunt Dimity loved her and knew her. And so she's allowing herself to feel love again and feel good things as well as sad things. And so she transforms and there's the mystery and they live in the Cotswolds is where the cottage is that they end up. And oh my, you know, it's just adorable. Get a fire blazing, get a nice cup of tea or hot talk something warm snuggle down and read this baby 
And um, I mean, there's times you'll want to shake Lori, but you know, that that's good because you're feeling something yeah. and then you're going to be like, I defy anyone not to fall in love with William Willis, the father. Okay. He is so adorable. I love him. He's so old school and mannered and oh, he is just charming as anything. Oh, that sounds so good. Yeah. There, and like I said, there's so many people to fall in love with. And this is, I should warn, it is the first in a series. There oh, are okay. so many more that come afterwards. Yay. And yes. So the cozy fun does not end. <laughs> I love that. And then do the characters persist in the other books as well? So you can yes, kind of fall absolutely. in love with them and see more. Okay. Yep, yep. You don't have to let them go. You get to revisit them with all the other books. And you're like... Ah, I will warn the first novel does not include a murder. It is just a mystery, okay. which is really unusual for a series. Yeah. I, I think it may be the first time I ever read a cozy mystery that wasn't a murder. Um, But these, the, the other series, continue, there, there's murders in those. But the first okay. one, it's just a mystery, but it's a good mystery. Yeah. And it's, it's one that you're going to, you're going to have feels that, um, yeah, I cried. Okay. That was Aunt Dimity's Death by Nancy Atherton. So we have a dessert pairing today and it's the Guernsey and Literary Potato Peel Pie Society <laughs> by Mary Ann Schaefer. So for those of you that have not read this book, it is set in a pistolary format where it's letters written amongst so <laughs> um as as the novel progresses and so it's a really fun format if you've never read a book like that i i think everybody should read at least one epistolary novel they are fantastic and actually it kind of helped inspire me for my one i actually i have written a murder mystery Okay. On my podcast, last summer, I posted um, an ongoing radio drama. I wrote uh, a mystery that took place in 1950s England in a small village. I was influenced by Agatha Christie on that point totally. It was, it was totally like a nod to her gloriousness. And because it took place in England, I was not going to read any of it because I wasn't going to try to do an accent. And um, yeah, I just, so I actually found British people to read the parts and it was all done in letter form. So it's all letters and they're so all read fun. by real Brits. That's and it's so only fun. an hour and a half. It'll take an hour and a half to get through the whole mystery. And it's called to silence a scandal monger. Okay. So if you go to my podcast, Jackie just chatters. Um, look for and I and I put all of them, all the parts into one podcast so you can find like the recent to silence the scandal monger. And it's got all hour and a half combined in one. And you can listen to it. Is that how your podcast came about? Uh, no, my podcast came about because I was bored. OK, um, I had finished my first manuscript and I was letting it chill before I started editing it. And I really missed creating and writing. And I'm like, oh, you know, I love podcasts and they're kind of like a short story. I spent 24 hours researching how to put one together because that's what teachers do. <laughs> and in 24 hours, I posted my first one. 
Wow. I, I again That's chaos. So fun. <laughs> I, I don't think I often sometimes well, I'm either overthinking or I just leap in and like, well, we'll find out what happens when we land. I hope we land. Yeah. This is a book of characters. And there are so many characters to fall in love with. It's other than the one meanie in town, and you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, I don't think I didn't fall in love with every single one of them. I know. They're just delightful. Like, that's the word that comes to mind as I think about it. This is another one that I've read several times. Totally. To pick me up. Yeah. It takes place during Germany occupying an island during World War II. And you're like, seriously? How is that uplit? It is. It just is. Yep. There's sad things that happen in there, but by the end, you just, you, you feel so good. Yeah. And you love all the characters. Oh, you want to go take a flight to Guernsey. Yeah. Like I want to go, but I don't, because if I go, there's going to be a problem. These people, (laughs) Dawsey's not going to be there to greet me. Yeah. And it's just going to be a disappointment. (laughs) What What did you like about the book? Well, first off, it's about a book club. So being a book lover, (laughs) I loved that it is about this book club and they are making the most of their situation with Germany occupying their small island. And what you learn about through these letters, it's the first time I had read in epistolary format, just seeing how a story could progress in the form of letters. I wouldn't think that at the outset, um, but I loved it. It was so fun. And I guess we should we should tell you a little bit about the premise of the book. But it's set in Guernsey and it's 1946. So it's right after the war. Juliet is one of the main characters and she's looking to write a her next book and she's looking for a topic and she comes across a letter, right? It was a letter. Dawsey writes her because he had gotten a book that she owned her name was in it yeah and he really liked the book and he's like hey i like this book you like this book can you recommend any other books to me and so they start up a letter conversation about books which for those of you who don't know guernsey is part of the channel islands and that means they're in the english channel between England and France, which makes Guernsey really interesting because it has the English influence and then the French influence. Yeah. Yeah. And you learn a lot about that. And again, you're getting to know these characters and what they did throughout the war. And it kind of goes into the title of making a pie out of potato peel scraps to bring to their book club. Their book club was a really unusual situation because Somebody would get up and talk about their book. It wasn't like modern books, book clubs where everyone's got a copy. There's only one copy of all the books. So somebody would read a book and then they would talk about it. And then hopefully somebody else would read that book later and then they would get up and talk about it. And then they could both talk about it. And there was a time limit. And I loved, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember what character it was. He only read the one book the entire time. He would just read it and reread it. And he would get something different from it each time he read it. Yeah. Which I I can understand that because um, 
I've got a copy of Little Women and I've probably read that 20 times. And I started when I was in high school. And for the longest time, I would read it every Christmas. It was like a tradition. And as I got older every year, it was interesting as like the perspectives would change because, you know, at first, you know, I'm seeing things as as the teens that they were. And then I'm older and like, okay, now they're moms and I'm not a mom, but I'm old, you know, and eventually it got to the point where I'm the mom's age. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, wow. And you do, you, you get different things from that book and different lessons depending on your age. It's, yeah. it's phenomenal. And that is a sign of a classic is that there are just layers. Yeah. This book, there's humor, there's joy and the way as they're talking about the books they're reading and their love of literature, for me, that really checked the box for me. The community, like, oh my gosh, do we not all want that kind of community? They are, and, and they started as strangers mostly, and they become a family, a found family, and they support each other and they help each other. And we're all like, oh my gosh, that's the dream yeah. And what was lovely about it too, which is, is the ideal family too, they really accepted one another how they were. Mm -hmm. You know, they did not push each other to change. And that's what I think one of the reasons why this is one of the best communities you could ever find and make is they really accepted each other on their own terms. And they, they try to help each other and, and make things better for each other. But there's not like a, oh, well, you have to completely change this or do that. And, or I, I won't accept you. And they came from all different kinds of backgrounds yeah. and they still found commonly, especially like you the power of literature of how it can touch you. And all of them found that same feeling, different books, different ways, but they all were impacted by literature and they got that. And that was, that was a language they all could understand. Yeah. And they also met, they were meeting in secret while they were in, you know, the Nazis were occupying their island. Their, wow. The clandestine, you know, kind of feel of that too and how they did that and how they managed, um, it's it, just, it's such a delightful book to read. It was so moving to read all the bits of how they had to survive yeah, and what life was like for them. That was, it was informative and moving as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I love about historical fiction is getting to learn that, right? And their way of life and how they were, what they had to do. Like you said, exactly what you said, but. That's why I like it. I'm learning as well as I'm enjoying the story at the same time. And and it was because, man, the things like we just take for granted of having a match, having a safety pin, like yeah. those became luxury items. Soap was a luxury <laughs> item. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> We are so privileged 
it is yeah. out of control of what we have at our fingertips all the time. So that was our dessert pairing of the Guernsey and Literary Potato Peel Pie Society by Mary Ann Schaefer. It's also a short book, so it's not too long. It's it is pretty quick, which is also again a delight. That um and it has discussion questions at the end. So if your book club wants to do it, then it's perfect for that. All right. Well, let's do this real quick. We have I have some bonus pairing questions for you. They're more speed round questions. Oh goodness. You can answer them real quick. Okay. Where is your favorite place to read? Probably my uh, couch and the family room because I have a fireplace there and candles and I love to read by candlelight. Oh, yes. That sounds lovely. What is one book you have read that has changed your life? You know what? Honestly, probably The Blue Castle. Like, okay. The mindfulness. I have really embraced mindfulness and I, I'm always trying to remind myself to be mindful. Okay. All right. And then last question. What are you reading next? Oh, that's a hard question. I I just put together my TBR pile and I have to pick a book. Though actually I think what I'm gonna be reading next is I I've agreed to do a beta read swap. So this one woman in England is reading my Daphne novel and she has sent me her manuscript. Fun. And I'm going to be reading that and then sending her feedback. So that's first. Okay. And then I think next is the, oh, what is it? The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Yes. Mm-hmm. Everyone is talking about yep. this novel and they're all losing their minds about this thing. So I'm like, okay, all right. Yeah. I have to try it. I'd love to hear what you think. I read it this past did summer. You, did yeah. you like it? I did. Yeah. Yeah, and I liked the character. I liked the main character, so that helped. My sister read it and lent me the book. She's like, "Oh my god, it's so good!" And she and I have very similar reading styles. So, well, I love it. You'll keep me posted and what I you know. think. Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I appreciate the time that you've given me, and I'm so glad I had you on. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. I love talking books. Thank you for listening to Jackie Lenz and I in our discussion today on her books that spark joy book flight. We'd love to hear what other books you'd pair with this book flight at bookishflights.com. That is also where you can find more information on today's flight and any other books that we talked about today. I want to inspire a community of readers. So whenever you share a post about what you are reading or what you are picking up next, Especially if you have heard about the book on the show, please tag us. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Bookish Flights. This is a brand new show, so if you enjoyed it, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give the show a review. Your review not only helps me, but it also helps the show reach others. Make sure you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to make sure that you will not miss an episode. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. As Emma Thompson said, I think books are like people in the sense that they'll turn up in your life when you most need them. Cheers to you, dear readers. Until next time.